What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, December 18th, 2020. Thank you very much for tuning in today. You know what's funny? And I'm, su- I'm such a dork for looking at, in life, at life in these kind of terms. But yesterday was the five-year anniversary of the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens, which at the time, when I was 20, was one of the biggest things that had ever happened to me in my life and I, I, I wonder when I when you have kind of those checkpoints in life you look at, you know, five years from now, if you were in X place, would you be content? And you know, I look at where I'm at now, five years removed from what for me was a very seismic, huge event. And uh, I'm hosting a podcast, and you know, I would not consider myself to be the happiest, most content of people. But I think if you would ask me five years ago, you're going to be hosting a baseball podcast. I'd have been, I'd been pretty excited about that, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. All right, enough with the sap. We do have a, a little bit of news to cover. Alavila spoke yesterday, and it created some controversy. I'll talk about whether or not that controversy was justified. And segment two, I am going to answer a few of your mailbag questions. This is a Friday mailbag show, but per usual, if, if news breaks the day before that I want to talk about, I kind of uh, bypass that directive and, and jump right into news. But before I jump into what was talked about yesterday, and or what Alavila talked about Yesterday, I'm gonna. I want to go back on some of the stuff I said yesterday because I went back and listened to that first segment where I talked about the Omar Vizquel allegations and why I believe they reflected poorly on the Detroit Tigers organization. And I take back almost none of that. The one thing I will say this though, because I think that I I don't believe that the organization as a whole has nefarious, bad intentions. I, I Believe it or not, I root a lot for Alavila. I want Alavila to succeed. Alavila seems like a grade-A guy, but I when I look at some of the things that have gone down here with Basio and then with, with Vizquel, I get kind of like Brady Hoke vibes off of Alavila, where it's like Brady Hoke, when he was at Michigan, was a guy by all accounts was a, a class human being, and everyone who was around him and knew him personally liked him quite a bit. But you do need to be kind of a hard-ass if you want to run a tight ship when it comes to running a baseball organization. And it kind of seems like at points they've let things slip through the cracks. I will say I was really hard on him yesterday, and I, I don't take back a lot of it. I think the one thing that they absolutely did wrong was interviewed him for the managerial vacancy. I thought that was really irresponsible and stupid. And hypothetically, let's say we live in a world where he was the manager here. Can you imagine the kind of smoke and the kind of backlash that this organization would be dealing with if this news would have broken right now? So to me, that was their most irresponsible thing. But they did force him to seek counseling, which is something that probably a lot of other organizations would not have even cared to do. I do still believe there is an issue with the culture here, but I think some of the stuff I said yesterday may be just a little bit harsh. All right, moving on to actual uh, baseball news. Alavila spoke yesterday and in an interview said that one of the top priorities this offseason was the possibility of signing his son, Alex Avila, to be a catcher for the Tigers. Again, it would be his third stint in Detroit if this were to go down. People really freaked out about this and people were angry. Oh, God, why are we bringing him back? He wants to sign his son. This is ridiculous. And this is where, and I pride myself on my objectivity, this is where, despite how bitterly angry I've been towards Alavila on many different occasions, this is where I'm actually going to defend him somewhat. Now, if the Tigers' intention is to sign Alex Avila and have him be the starting catcher here in 2021, then they are absolutely 
asinine and insane. Alex Avila is not a starting catcher anymore. He hasn't really been for a long time. The only kind of stint he had playing, you know, getting consistent reps at catcher, the last time he had consistent reps as a starting catcher was 2017 when he came back to Detroit and put up some surprisingly really good numbers and was ended up being a part of the Candelario and Isaac Paredes deal, but he's not he's not a starting catcher anymore. I don't believe that's the Tigers' intention. I believe the Tigers' plan for him to be a backup catcher here. Now, before I say whether or not I'm okay with that, it it needs to be said that Alex Avila, had Alex Avila been the starting catcher in Detroit over the last three years and put up the numbers that he put up in both Arizona and Minnesota over the last three seasons, he would have been a better option than any of the guys the Tigers trotted out there behind the plate over the last couple of seasons, whether it be John Hicks or Jake Rogers or James McCann the year he was awful or Grayson Griner or Eric Haas, he's put up better numbers than almost all of those guys, to be completely honest with you. So he, it's sad to say that because he has become a backup catcher, but as backup catchers go... Uh, you could do a lot worse. Over the last three seasons, like the batting average stinks. He strikes out a lot, but on base percentage of 328, still occasionally hits for power. He's improved a lot as a game caller, has a pretty good arm behind the plate. I would actually be okay with this. Now, if that if they sign Alex Avila and say, all right, we're wiping our hands clean, we're done, we're moving on, at that point I'd say, okay, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. You you go out and sign some players. Again, I I say, and I will say this until I'm blue in the face. In fact, I've already become blue in the face. What a great, great move it would be if, let's say, you signed JT Riamuto and then signed Alex Avila to be your backup catcher. You don't have to rely on Riamuto to start 130, 140 games behind the plate for you. You can can give him some nights off and, and start Alex Avila behind the plate where he is pretty darn capable. Because as as huge of a fan as I am of Riamuto coming here, for the most part, most catchers in baseball aren't great hitters. There are exceptions, like Salvador Perez had an amazing year last year. Yasmani Grandal can rake. James McCann, I mean, one of the big reasons why he got the deal he got was because he is a pretty darn good hitter, at least, you know, against left-handed pitching. Most catchers are just below-average hitters who can occasionally maybe hit for power and are good behind the plate. Alex Avila is one of those guys, and I would not be opposed to the Tigers signing him to be a backup uh, behind home plate in 2021. He still gets on base, like I said, and he's improved as a defender. I think it's important. I've talked about this when talking about Rio Muto. I think it's important that you have an experienced catcher and an experienced game caller behind the plate, especially if you are building an entire farm system, or I'm sorry, an entire rebuild around young starting pitching. I think you need a, a good catcher to kind of help you through the process. I think Justin Verlander's growth was accelerated when he got to the major leagues because he had Pudge Rodriguez catching him, and he had Vance Wilson as well as a catcher. You know, he had some pretty good defensive catchers and game callers that helped him along, so I, I think it would be, I'd be fine with it, to be totally honest with you, and I think people are kind of freaking out about it with the whole, oh my god, the nepotism, he's signing his son. I think we're past that. Like, do I believe in Alavila? No, but I don't believe Alavila would sign his son again unless he believed that he could actually contribute to this baseball team. I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of when we're talking about that. All right, so that will do it for segment one. When I come back, I'm going to answer some of your questions for the mailbag segment. We will be right back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. 
Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betqonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on this final show of the week. I will be answering your questions in this mailbag segment. I appreciate the people who sent in those questions. It is a little bit frustrating, though, because last week I asked for mailbag questions and didn't get any, and I had to kind of scramble for stuff to talk about. This week I had stuff to talk about, and I got a surplus of questions. I'm probably only going to answer one or two of them because we had, you know, I talked about a fair amount of news in the first segment, but let's jump right into it. This first question comes from Alex Urban at Arban91, A-U-R-B-A-N 91 on Twitter. As far as the rebuild goes, what is the one thing you're most optimistic about and also most pessimistic about? This is a good question because I've spent so much time, rightfully so, ripping the Tigers and being angry about the direction that this organization has gone. But I think this it's fair to ask, what are you actually excited about? With that said, I'm going to start off with the things I'm most pessimistic about, I am pessimistic about the front office. I'm pessimistic about the owner. Will he be willing to spend? If he at all will be willing to spend, and if he decides to spend, how will they spend? And in turn, I'm worried about the GM. We've only had one instance of Alavila being a a high roller, big spender, and that was in the 2015 offseason. We've talked about that disaster where you had the Upton signing and the Zimmerman signing and Mark Lowe and Mike Pelfrey. I mean, those deals were completely awful. One of them, Zimmerman, in my opinion, the worst contract in the history of Detroit sports. So I'm worried about the people up front. I do believe that there's legitimate talent here. I do believe in the farm system. I do believe there's finally some depth in the farm system. I even believe in the drafts they've had. I thought the draft they had... The five-round draft in uh, last June was phenomenal. It was one of the best they've ever had, which is pretty telling considering it was only five rounds, but there's still so many question marks regarding this front office. That's what I'm most pessimistic about. But what I'm most optimistic about, the two big position players that they have in this farm system. I think Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson have extremely high ceilings, not just in terms of caliber of player. I think they have all-star ceilings. And I believe that they have a high chance of reaching those ceilings as long as they stay healthy, knock on wood, obviously. I like these guys a lot. I like their their mental makeup. I like their physical gifts. I like the fact that they hit for power. I like them as defenders. I like the fact that they're young. And I, I like what they could bring, not just to this organization, but really to this city. I think that somebody, I was on a podcast the other week, Shane Brooks, who works at 97.1, asked me who's the face of Detroit sports. And kind of by default, you just say Matthew Stafford. And that's too bad because I, and I like Stafford, but it's like, I want to see some young, fresh blood in here. And I think that someone like a Spencer Torkelson or Riley Green, two alpha males with really great personalities could be guys that could come in here, set the world on fire and be the official face of Detroit sports. I'm really excited about them. I believe in them. I believe in them way more than I believe in the starting pitchers. And, and the reason for that, I've talked about a nauseam. It's incredibly difficult to develop starting pitching. Like the reason I salivate over what the Indians are able to do or, you know, whatever, whatever they decide to, to call them themselves over the next several years going forward 
is because they're the exception and not the rule. It is so rare to see a system just turn out quality starter after quality starter. To be completely honest with you, of the three-headed monster they have between Mize, Manning, and Scooball, I think probably one of those guys will be legitimately solid. One of those guys will probably flame out, and one of those guys might get injured. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to developing starting pitchers. And they'll probably have a, a guy that you don't expect, like a Joey Wentz or an Alex Fiedo, who might surprise some people. But, you know, that's why you load up on starting pitching, because often those guys just don't pan out. This next one from Ben Finn at the underscore K underscore maker. Do you think the young arms make the club out of spring training, or do you think they will get a slow start and come up in mid-June with with Phil in arms, with, I'm sorry, with Phil in arms signed in the next few months. I can't read. I'm sorry. Uh, boy, that's a really good question. I sure hope they make it out of spring training. I, I think, like, if you would have asked me this question last year at this time, I would have said, no, probably not, and I understand it. Casey Mize, like, I'm not saying he's, you know, old, right? But for a number one draft pick to not have experienced a full year at the major leagues by, I think he's going to be, like, 24 next season, that's that's pretty up there, you know, for, for a first round, first overall pick. Same with Scooball, who I think is going to be around the same age. I've talked about growth. I've talked about development. And every single decision this organization makes depends on what is best for these young pitchers. We saw them get major league action last year. They struggled. I'm not going to act like they didn't. I personally don't think they will get anything out of throwing in AAA to start the season. Give them reps at the major league level. The one thing we do know is that their stuff is good enough to pitch here. You have a new pitching coach in Chris Fetter. I think it would be a wonderful opportunity to start them out at the major league level to begin the season, but I don't think they will. I think they'll sign you know, the equivalent of another Ivan Nova, some 30-something who sucks but gives them innings, and then they'll call him up you know, in mid-June, maybe around the trade deadline. I- I'm bitterly disappointed by that. Because I think with the staff they just got with A.J. Hinch at the helm and, like I said, with Chris Fetter and and some of the coaches uh, they just hired, I I think it's a really good staff. And I would like to see what these young arms can do at the major league level with some of the help that they've surrounded themselves with, with some of the help that A.J. Hinch has surrounded this organization with. And I think it would be... I think it would be stupid, personally, to start them off in AAA. I don't think they have any more growing to do in the minor leagues. They've dominated every level of baseball they've pitched at until they got to the major league level. I hope they start 2021 at the major leagues. I think it's what's best for them. I think it's what's best for their development. With that said, I don't think they will. I think they will probably start out in AAA next season, and I will spit venom on that idea, as will many, many other people, and I completely understand why. Uh, This last question, and I've I've talked about the catcher situation enough, so I won't take too long with this. This one at Tiger Talks with a Z. Looking at the catcher position, it makes sense for another potential reunion with Alex Avila. Yeah, I know. I just talked about it. Kidding, obviously. However, what are the chances you think they go after Yachty to help with the young guys, Scooball, Mize, and Manning? Yachty obviously being Yadier Molina. I'd have no problem with it. I think... Yachty is holding out. I think he believes he's going to get like some two-year, $20 million deal. I don't think the market is going to be there for him, and I think he ends up returning to St. Louis for one more go-around. But you know what? Yeah, I'd be totally fine with it. If you look at the Cardinals pitchers' ERAs in games in which Yachty has been the catcher, 
compared to the games in which he has not been the catcher, it's pretty staggering. Like, the Yadier Molina Hall of Fame argument is one I'm going to save for another day, but when you look at some of the advanced numbers in terms of how effective these pitchers have been when he's behind the plate, it's pretty staggering. I'd be totally fine with a one-year deal. You bring in a guy like that to kind of help the growth and development of some of these young starting pitchers. You know, is he some great hitter still? No, but I mean, the average is still pretty good. You know, it doesn't really hit for much power anymore, but we know what we'd get out of him. I still think he could add something to this baseball team, which right now, uh, that's what's important. It's about filling holes. All right, so that will do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be back here on Monday. I believe starting on Monday, we will be going to three days a week. I would appreciate it. If everyone would continue to follow along, you know I still got a lot to say here during this very strange off-season, holiday season, whatever you want to call it. So I'll be right back here on Monday to keep this train rolling. Thank you very much for listening and supporting this pod, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend, and go Tigers.